Hello and welcome back to Sex Here and Now, the podcast dedicated to promoting sex positivity and inclusivity. As always, I am your host, Matt Lachman, and I'm excited to release my first ever episode. If this is your first time tuning in, make sure you listen to the preview episode to attain a better understanding of what to look forward to with this podcast, and also who I am. As a quick reminder, I'm a licensed therapist who specializes in sexual health, sexual dysfunctions, and overall sex therapy. I knew I wanted this to be the first topic I addressed for a number of reasons. Homophobia and heterosexism are concepts that operate on multiple levels in our society. Whether out in the open with people throwing homophobic slurs and sideways glances, or behind the scenes with laws being passed that make sure to denote our status as a minority group, I wanted to make sure I spent a good chunk of time talking about life as a member of the LGBTQIA community. Now, whether I mention LGBTQ, LGBTQ+, or LGBTQIA+, I am talking about the same group. Let's just dive right in. As a gay man, I wake up every day and face the headwind that our heteronormative society thrusts at members of my community. No matter how confident I am in my identity as a gay man, which we'll talk about more throughout this episode, the thought that I could get harassed for holding my boyfriend's hand is actually a real possibility that I have to factor in when I think of grabbing it. Now, I'm going to be sharing some personal stories through this and every episode to help personalize these issues for you. The identity of LGBTQ plus members is such a unique one that I plan on covering it more intensely in a later episode. But scaling it back some and removing the notion of violence, I am constantly reminded that being a homosexual means I am lesser than my heterosexual counterparts. Our world is created for heterosexual individuals. We look at being gay as a second-class status, plain and simple. This is harmful for a number of reasons, but one that stands out to me is that when gay men and women receive opportunities, they can start to believe the notion and think, oh, I am lucky to be given this opportunity. This is one of the many reasons why the passing of gay marriage was so unbelievable for members of my community. Marriage is now something that we could, theoretically, cross off our lists. Yes, we can finally get married like the heterosexuals, and divorced for that matter. Can you wrap your head around how awful those thoughts had to be? Now I'm just speaking from personal experience, but it took me a long time to get comfortable in my own skin as a gay man and feel comfortable enough speaking out on behalf of my community. Longer than it should have, but I got there. Another reason why I wanted to make this topic my first episode is to talk about the inaccuracy of the word homophobia in today's society and introduce the term heterosexism to people who may not have heard of it before. So let's start with the word that we know, homophobia. People have started using this as a blanket term for anything bad that happens to a member of the LGBTQ community. And although it may be accurate at times, more often than not it's misrepresented. The misconception occurs because people forget what the word phobia means. A phobia is defined as an extreme or irrational fear of something. In the case of homophobia, it is defined as a fear or aversion of the homosexual lifestyle or culture. Now, what I find to be the most troubling about this misrepresentation of the term homophobia is that a majority of people do not have a fear of gay people. They just don't like us because our society values and promotes the heteronormative lifestyle is the only one that matters. 
Using the term homophobia implies that anti-gay prejudice is an individual clinical entity rather than a social phenomenon rooted in cultural beliefs and relationships amongst groups. When you think about it, a phobia is usually experienced as dysfunctional and unpleasant. You have a fear of heights. This is dysfunctional and unpleasant because it causes unnecessary stress in your life. Anti-gay prejudice, however, is often highly functional for the individuals who manifest it, not dysfunctional. This gets us into heterosexism. For those of you who don't know this term, I want you to grab a pen and paper or your phone and jot down what I'm saying. The term heterosexism is analogous to sexism and racism, describing an ideological system that denies, denigrates, and stigmatizes any non-heterosexual form of behavior, identity, relationship, or community. What is important to note is that it operates through a dual process of invisibility and attack. Homosexuality usually remains culturally invisible, meaning it stays behind the scenes until either people engage in homosexual behavior or are identified as homosexual. Then they are subject to attack by our society. Now, I wanted to spend a good chunk of this podcast talking about how heterosexism manifests as straight privilege. Now, I may lose some people here who have not been able to come to terms with their straight privilege but I encourage you to keep listening because I'm going to help you out. This is not about shame. It has never been about shame. If you are feeling shame, then let's talk about it. Or talk to your friends about why you feel a certain way when non-straight identifying members stand up for themselves and talk about why their lives are different from their heterosexual counterparts. Again, this is not about attacking all the hard work you the heterosexual listener, has done in your life. Not one bit. What this is about is being empathetic and understanding the differences between our groups. It is understanding that because you identify as a heterosexual or straight, there are certain things you do not have to think twice about. And I do. So let's get into some examples, and I encourage you to keep listening, even if it brings up some confusing emotions within you. Because as I said... One of my goals of this podcast is to educate. Starting off, I already mentioned one of them so I don't want to belabor the point, but I did want to mention it again. It is a given for most heterosexual identifying couples to express affection in social settings and not expect hostile or violent reactions from others. A majority of heterosexuals can openly hold hands, kiss, hug, and show intimacy with their partner without the fear of retaliation. Now, I say a majority of heterosexuals. Interracial couples have to face these challenges as well, mostly depending on the area and culture where they live in. I have a few friends who I met in graduate school down south who have faced discrimination and fear of being intimate in public settings because of their choice to date outside their biological race. But the caveat here for them is that this can be alleviated if needed. You can't change the way you were born, no matter how much conversion therapy you try. By the way, can we just end conversion therapy? How the hell is this still a thing? You can bet I will have an episode dedicated to that bullshit. 
Another one that is so apparent in our society and media today, but that heterosexuals tend to not think about, is that they get to learn about romance and relationships from fictional movies and television shows. I talk about this a lot with my LGBTQ plus clients. I ask them, who did you watch on television growing up that helped explain what it looked like to be in a homosexual relationship or lifestyle? Or how did you learn about having sex? Did your sex ed class focus on homosexual sex at all? Typically, the response is around the lines of, I saw nobody who I could relate to, and homosexuality and sex ed, please. I am 31 and fall in the generational range of a millennial, so I've had a few characters I can look to in film and TV, but it's always been the same. I point to the show Will and Grace, and specifically the characters of Will and Jack. Now let me make a public statement saying that Will and Grace is a seminal show in our culture, and I love it with every fiber of my being. Karen is everything. With that being said, as a young gay man growing up, all I saw were Will and Jack on mainstream television. Groundbreaking? Yes. I got to see what gay men in their 20s and 30s were like. But it was very limiting. I saw that I either had to be like Jack, a confident, hypersexual man who was flamboyant and loud, or I could be like Will, a rigid, more masculine, and monogamous-facing individual. Essentially, these were my role models. But what if I wasn't like either of them? What if I could not identify with them? It is not like I could flip the channel and look at another set of homosexual men to compare myself to. Heterosexual people have this luxury and they don't even know it. Thankfully, as I grew older, the acceptance of gay men and women and other members of my community increased. Shows like The L Word, Queers Folk, Looking, The New Normal, and even Glee, to name a few, were created and offered different depictions of gay men and women. And finally, when I turned 30, we saw Love, Simon, the first teen rom-com dedicated to a homosexual relationship. I am so happy for the generation younger than me that they have at least this as something for them to relate to. I had John Tucker Must Die and She's the Man, which again were amazing movies and I will fight you to the end of time on behalf of their greatness, but it was limiting. One of the last notions of straight privilege that I wanted to mention involves inclusivity. Now I want you to picture waking up and walking into a classroom or your work or you're meeting your significant other's friends group for the first time. You're all excited about this new opportunity, probably a little bit nervous too. Hey, it's a new experience for you and you want to make a good impression. Now imagine while you are entering that setting, whichever one you are picturing, you realize that you are the only member that is like you, a member of the LGBTQ community. Who can you relate to? Who do you talk to about your problems? Who can you joke with about things you are experiencing? This is what it is like for members of the LGBTQ community. A common sentiment of minority groups is that they feel like they have a ton of pressure because they're the spokesperson for their group and they have to be careful with what they say so that they don't ruin the name of all members of their community. Heterosexuals don't have to worry about this. The stereotype that gay men and women are either masculine or feminine unfortunately still exists. I myself hate those terms. Why do I have to identify myself with one of those two labels? 
again, this is just one of the many examples that exist. At both my jobs in private practice and working for a company, I'm the only openly identifying member of the LGBTQ community. Every day I encounter a situation where I'm reminded of this. And does it bother me? 95% of the time it does not. But that's only because I've done so much work in securing my identity. Wrapping up, these are just a few of the privileges that heterosexuals get to enjoy. Again, let me just reiterate for those of you who are feeling upset about these past sentiments, I said these things not to shame, but to educate and help you understand a small amount about what it feels like to identify as a gay man. So I wanted to touch on something that happened at the end of Pride Month. Most of you know this, but Lil Nas X, a rapper who had, and maybe still does, the number one hit on the Billboard charts, Old Town Road, came out as gay. There was an immediate outpouring of support from the world, and as a new member, I want to welcome him and let him know I will look for him on the new members email that we get every week as members of the LGBTQ community. Now, while yes, there was backlash from some people who were stuck in their heterosexism and homophobia, that is not something I want to give energy to. What I want to talk about is related to the feelings people felt about his song once he came out. Did his coming out discredit his work for any of you? Were you upset that you liked a song by a gay-identifying rapper? Are you going to stop listening to it now because he identifies as a homosexual? If any of your answers to these questions are yes, then take a step back and think about why something so minor and trivial as someone's sexual identity matters so much. Then call me up, and we can talk about it. My number is... Wait, never mind. Just message me. As I end my inaugural episode, let me just close by thanking those individuals who have helped me throughout my journey. I, unlike a lot of my peers, have had a relatively smooth coming out process. My family was accepting. I never lost a friend because I told them I like penis more than vagina. My love for Christina Aguilera never dissuaded someone against me. Well, maybe a little bit. It is an intense love for that woman. I mean, do you hear her voice? Come on. How can you not like her? It's amazing. But anyways, back to my point. I successfully navigated my gay identity. There are a ton of people who haven't and continue to struggle. Do you remember the phrase, it gets better? This was created because a lot of members of my community were having awful experiences related to their sexual identity, and some were even committing suicide. Now, I don't want to get into the statistics because they honestly aren't necessary at this time, but for most people, it gets better is due to the help of members of their immediate community and also outside of it. People tend to create their own family and find their own success, but it's a tough process. My challenge to you, listeners, is when somebody opens up and shares their experience of being gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, gender nonconforming, and so forth, show them gratitude. Because with all the bullshit we have to deal with in this world, why not? All right, that does it for the first episode. As always, you can follow me on Instagram for more news and updates about the podcast at sex underscore here and now pod. Look at my website, sexherenow.com, for more information as well. And you can like and follow my page on Facebook entitled Sex Here and Now. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay sex positive.